Houston, we have a problem, but it's a good one. You have two QBs, and you're trying to find out who is number one, C.J. Stroud versus Davis Mills. Who's going to win this uh, quarterback battle? We will predict it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as the host of the Locked On Clemson Tiger Podcast. Guys, thank y'all for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every single day, Monday through Friday. Man, thank you for being the family and our every single dayers. But as always, my guy, the champ, is always with me, my boy Keith Sanchez, Mr. LSU himself. You can find and follow him on Twitter at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man. And like my guy DP says, man, 2019 national champ with those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here. We are here to bring you that championship-level content surrounding the NFL Draft 24-7, 365. You know where to tap in, man. Like we say, man, we don't stop. We keep this thing going. We keep it rolling, man. But we're in our training camp series, right? Training camp has started. I Like we keep saying, we, we're almost dead of football, right? I, I seen something where college football was like 37 days away. So, I mean, the NFL is T minus 50, and we're deep in the training camp, and we know we have to start with these play callers, right? The money makers, the quarterbacks. So we're going to keep this show going. We're keep this series going with the training camp quarterback battles, man. We've been highlighting the quarterback battles with some of the type, top, um, I guess we say top, QB battles, right, in the NFL that everybody's watching. And we're going to start in H-Town, DP. We're going to start in H-Town and start with C.J. Straw versus Davis Mills. I want to ask you, do you think this is a situation that just gets handed to C.J. Straw? Because people are pretty much out on Davis Mills. So how are you looking at this quarterback battle, and what do you think will unfold? Um, Man, I think that – I think D'Amico Ryan's being such a hard-nosed coach that he is kind of old school in a way. He's he, he's great with players. But I feel like he would make C.J. earn it, right? Uh, a, different, a little different than the approach that Frank Wright took, right? Frank Wright came out at one day, the first day of training camp, right? For everybody's there, and he's like, Bryce Young is our QB1. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, that's one way to – you know, that that's one <laughs> way to go about it. I think that, that D'Amico Ryan's might make it just say, okay – it's an open competition, right? Now, it could be one of those situations where we like, okay, fast forward, CJ Stroud's the guy. But at least make CJ Stroud go out there. And what what, what, what was one of the biggest things I, I learned about CJ Stroud this entire draft process coming into the 2023 NFL draft? Oh, he's a competitor. Like, you know what I mean? You go back to the, the combine, right? He's like, I think he's right behind Anthony Richardson. And he sees Anthony Richardson uncork one of those 60-yard bombs and CJ kind of like looks like okay, that's that's the type of time we on. Like this, this is what we doing. Okay, cool. So then he walks up and he he uncorks a bomb. Then they just go and throw for throw, and you just saw that competitiveness in him, right? And I just saw a clip of him. Like I didn't know he was a standout basketball player from high school, but somebody dropped his high school highlights. Oh yeah, CJ Stroud got game. He can hoop. 
You know what I mean? So he's at, he's like getting ready for training camp out there hooping on cats, man. Out there, like Steph Curry hitting threes and stuff. So I think you make it a. I think if you make it a, if you tell him it's a competition, I think you get the best out of Stroud in camp. And then I tweeted out the clip uh, that the Texans uh, put on social media yesterday. Him. Throwing a deep a deep pass to uh to Nico Collins, right? A guy that a lot of us have have been waiting to see that breakout season. And I tweet, I said in the tweet, if this is a if there's any year for Nico to break out, I think if Stroud's a quarterback, he can get the best out of him. So make it an open competition, get the best out of Stroud, and let the best man win. Who, in my opinion, is CJ Stroud. Yeah, so I'll I'll say this. I, I think that Davis Mills will make it a competition just with his talent alone. And for everybody to say, oh, Lord, Keaton, he lost his mind. He said Davis Mills and talent in the same sentence. Listen, I've, I've watched the Texans last year. The Texans were in my region, you know, at the Draft Network, right? We study our NFL teams also. Texas were one of my teams. Um, I've watched probably 10 Texas games, like a good bit of Texas games last year. And I, I don't know if you remember this, DP, but – one of our com- one of our conversations that we have in our scouting meetings, our guy Joe Marino, right? He was, he, you know, he was down, he was like, Keith, do you feel like the Texans just make everything a lot more difficult than what they have to be offensively? And I was like, Joe, that's exactly how I feel watching the Houston Texans offense. So my point is, is that this that we we've seen bad Davis Mills, and I don't know if we're see- going to see good or great Davis Mills, right? If we're ever going to see that in the NFL. But my point is, is that I think in the off, a better or easier offensive system, you, you make and see it, right? There's potential for him to play better than what he played under Pep Hamilton. And that's no slight to Pep Hamilton. Sometimes schemes just don't match talents, right? And we talked about this Houston Texans offensive line. I've seen people tweet it out, right? Like they, they locked up Titus Howard, Laramie Tunsil. They have Kenyon Green. They drafted a center, right? So they, they, this offensive line is looking okay. Damian Pierce, they added what Xavier Hutchison, Tank Dell, um, with, with Nico Collins, John Mechie's Mechie back. back and healthy. Right, uh, tight ends, right? They have a couple of they have Dalton Schultz, Brevin Jordan. So they have some pieces to work with. So I, I do think that Davis Mills will make it a competition. But if you ask me who I think is going to win, I think CJ Stroud is going to win this, right? But you want like like the competition, it, it, it makes everybody better, right? It makes everybody better. So I'm that's that's what I'm excited, DP, to watch with this because I think Davis Mills, and, and this is the another key part, right, is that um, the head coach, D'Amico Ryans, he brought the 49ers OC with him to, uh, I believe, it was the, it was the, offensive, co- the offensive coordinator or was he the, um, the quarterback coach. I know he brought someone from the 49ers on the offensive staff with him. And you know that offensive system, right, is, is a lot easier to understand the play action, the boots, things like that. So that's why I'm anticipating for Davis Mills to play a little bit better and it's not to just be just kind of like a walkaway home run type situation, uh, you know, with, with the, the Houston Texans quarterback battle. No, and I, I think that that is a big – that is a big part of, of everything, man. It's just like competitors compete and, and mm-hmm. you want to see who's going to go out there and I always say this, compound plays and days and stack days, right? Like, I don't want to just see one highlight of C.J. Stroud. I want to see 12 of them. You know what I mean? I want to see some highlights of Davis Mills because I, I I was at Panthers training camp day one. It wasn't just a Bryce Young show. Matt Corral looked pretty good. Uh, Andy Dalton outside of, I think, one interception. He was running the offense well. And that's a good problem to have when all yeah, you guys are looking good. You'd rather have that problem. You'd rather have you'd that rather problem. Have that problem. Now, you, you can question, like, all right, is the defense not playing up to par? Well, we'll see. But the point <laughs> is, like, you, you want your quarterbacks to look good. And I think Houston Texans fans should absolutely want Davis Mills and C.J. Stroud 
to pull the best out of each other, right? Because I promise you, if CJ, like we saw with, like talk about Anthony Richardson, if CJ's back there and he watches Davis Mills like throw a rope, you know, forty yards downfield to, for a touchdown into a tight window, he's gonna he gonna he gonna dap him up, but he's gonna have that kind of stone cold look on his face, like all right. If you can I do that, I, I let me let me show you what I can do. You know what I mean? And it's like not trying to one up each other, but it's just like, okay, it's a competition. I gotta put my best foot forward every snap, every play, and things like that. Don't of course don't go chasing highlights, but just stack stack plays and, and compound days. Now I'm looking forward to seeing just more from these two quarterbacks in camp. Because as you talked about, offensive line, run game. They have weapons, right? They, they got some young weapons. I think they got Robert Woods. That's what they also brought over to be kind of the veteran in that wide receiver room um, after he was let go. I think he was cut by the Texans, uh, the Titans, or whatever. So you bring in enough, you, you bring in a, a veteran after losing Brandon Cooks with all these young receivers. I Man, I think that this is a situation where the Texans could be a little bit better than people, than the betting odds are suggesting with the Cardinals having that what, top five pick in the draft. There, there you have it, DP. It's going to over, guys. Go, ladies and gentlemen. DP is going to over on whatever the over is for the Houston Texans season. Man, he he talked himself into it, right? He talked himself into it. So listen out the roster. He's going to over on whatever the over under is for the wins, man. But DP, we're gonna keep this thing going, man. And I'm gonna tell you exactly where we're heading. We're heading to to Sam Howell, right, with the Washington football team, the Washington Commanders, right? They've been in the news for all the wrong reasons, but it seems as though, obviously, you know, they sold the team and we're not going to get into the Dan Snyder stuff, but they're turning the page, right? And hopefully they can get into the news for all the right reasons, but it's going to start this year and it's going to start with Sam Howell. So next, coming up next, man, we're going to get into this combination of Sam Howell, Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy coming in uh, with this new leadership, this new team, this new look, this new feel with the Washington Commanders. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So a draft prep underway for the up-and-coming season. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. When the top tier of quarterbacks is off the board in fantasy football drafts in 2023, there's another line of luxury passers slash runners who are guaranteed to fit your starting lineups every single week. One of them is Bears. Justin Fields, who started rolling out of the garage last season, is bound to jump into the fast lane this season. This time, on top of his huge rushing total, Fields can deliver improved stats through the air with DJ Moore now leading the Chicago Bears wide receiver corps. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being the perfect fit same with your vehicle. With eBay guarantee fitting over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, uh, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time around. So go forth, crank up the AC, switch the gears, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green 
check. Get the right parts, the right fit, the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Training camp spotlight is always bright, Keith, and now we're, we're shining that light from our place. We're shining it to D.C., to the Washington Commanders, to Sam Howell, Eric Bieniemy, Ron Rivera. Sam Howell, I think if you remember, again, being in Vegas, we were on live stream. Matt Corral went before Sam Howell, Ritter, Lee Willis. We were like, man, when is Sam Howell coming off the board? Fifth round. Fifth round, Sam Howell comes off the board. We didn't understand why he fell. Now he's he he played what he started like was it one game against the Dallas Cowboys? He did uh, one game towards, towards the end of the season, and we saw the flashes of, of of what we saw at North Carolina: the big arm, the ability, the ability to layer the ball and attack all three levels. And with the weapons that they have, the spotlight for him and this coaching staff is now with him going into his first year as a full time starter. You got one game with one game sample size. Eric Bieniemy has been one of the better offensive play callers. And you know, in the past couple of years, especially you know, a lot of people give credit to Mahomes and Andy Reid, which which is true. But having Eric Bieniemy there, a guy that's going to run the ball, give you play action looks, be you know, talk. I think it was as a Super Bowl, uh, oh, against the, the Niners when they did that old school formation from a play back back when there was no color TV, it was just all black and white. It's like who who has the time to go back in the 1940s and find a play like this? Eric Bieniemy. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm excited to see what just what he's able to do with all of these weapons. Now they don't have a tight end like a Travis Kelsey, but when you got Terry McLaurin, uh, you know, you, you have John Dotson, you got two, you know, you got three running backs essentially, but you got two true starters in you know Antonio Gibson and, and, and Brian Robinson and, and, and everything, man. And Curtis Samuel as, as kind of that do it all X factor, man. That that spotlight is bright, and I just want to see. Sam Howell take command of this offense, learn this playbook, know it front to back, right? Know exactly what his coach is going to be asking of him. Um, so I've seen some of the tweets like that he's looking pretty good already early in camp, but it's always early, right? You know what I mean? We gotta wait till things kind of really truly pick up. But the spotlight is bright for him in DC because in this division, you got Dallas, you have the either the Eagles, you got the Giants. Um, yeah, you got the Giants. Yeah. So, like Sam Howell has a. I, I'm gonna say this, Keith. I think Sam Howell has a chance to actually finish this season out as the third best quarterback in the division. Okay, I'm, that's not bad, right? That that's not bad, but is it enough? And and I'm about to go this way with it, DP. And we're gonna have this conversation, right? For Sam Howell with the Washington Commanders, this, the reason he's the spotlight is because he has one year, and he has one year because the, the we just talked about ownership coming in. Right. We talked about potentially Eric Bieniemy being the head coach next year and Ron Rivera stepping down. Right. Then we talked about this 2024 NFL quarterback class with guess what? Caleb Williams, who is from Gonzaga, the DMV area, man. So all of the things align. So you're you're fighting against with the, you know, kind of like the universe, right? You're fighting against the Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the coach. You're fighting against the Joey Porter Jr. going to the Steelers. Like you're fighting for, you're fighting against a storyline, right? Like the, the new regime, and then they get the hometown hero kid. Almost like the LeBron James-esque type thing, right? Where you can potentially have that top pick and, you know, your hometown guy comes in and plays really well and carries the team. You're fighting against that whole storyline. So that's why it's a spotlight for Sam Howell. Now, I'm real quick, right? You asked me, do I think he can be a solid quarterback? I do. I really do, DP. I, I think he can be a solid quarterback. I didn't understand why he fell. They're, they're like, there was no bone in my body 
that would have took Matt Corral over Sam Howell. Not not one bone. Not all. You got a lot of bones in your body. There was no bone that told me that Matt, Matt Corral was better than Sam Howell. Um, so I, I didn't understand why he failed. And this was a guy that the year before, right? He was a top ten pick. He was a lock first rounder. He's that talented. Then one year later, he's he's four or five rounds later, which I I didn't understand. I thought he played fairly decent football. Was everything technically clean? No, but we've seen much. Worst quarterbacks get drafted way higher um, than what Sam Howell went in the fifth round. Now, I'll tell you this, DP. You you mentioned this, and I'm kind of a little bit on the other side of it, right, with as far as the commander's weapons. I do like I, – I not even like I love. I love uh, Terry McLaurin. I love Jahan Dotson. I think Curtis Samuel was solid. Now, the positions where I think they can upgrade – is the running back in the tight end position, right? And then the, the O-line, the O-line, they, they still have concerns there for me. And when you're talking about a young quarterback, I just always think run game and I think easy completions to the tight end always help. And that's the two positions or three, O-line, running back, tight end, that they don't necessarily have a lot of depth and a lot of like just high-level talent at, with those positions. So that's the part where I'm like, okay, Sam, I don't even think you're in – the greatest position, right? I think you it's a decent position, but I don't know if you're in the greatest position. And then you also have the pressure of, like I said, new ownership and everything else. So the spotlight is definitely on Sam Howell because he has to not only convince them for this year, you have to convince them to pass up on these quarterbacks for the next couple of years, right? In North Carolina, TB, you in North Carolina, I think North Carolina is not that far from the DMV area, right? So you're talking about Drake May as a possibility also as far as that, you know, the guy that's in close proximity that everybody has already gotten eyes on. So it'll be a, a rather interesting situation, right? And I think this thing is going to continue to fold. And I think it's, it's going to be a storyline one way or another that keeps Sam Howell with the Washington Commanders or – it's part of his departure, right? It's, it's going to be a narrative surrounding him. That's kind of how things going to kind of roll and how it's going to go with DP. That's Sam Howell, right? And we got a we got a rookie on deck. We have a rookie on deck. I know nobody's going to expect that, but Kyler Murray, he's coming off a torn ACL, right? And, and every, everybody's tweeting and they're starting to build that hype up of what that he potentially could come back early. Me, like I said, I've been on one side of it. I wouldn't rush it. Wait, take your time. Make sure it's 100% correct, especially if you're the Arizona Cardinals because Kyler Murray at this point, uh, he's your football team. You're void of talent in a lot of positions. He's your football right. team. So don't rush him. So we want to talk about the rookie that they drafted this year from Houston, Clayton Toon. And it's simple. Coach him up. So coming up next, man, we have our coach him up segment on what we think the offensive guys, the head coach should do with Clayton Toon as a quarterback this year. All right, coaches, it's on you. It's time to coach up the rookie, Keith Clayton Toon. And I looked at their depth chart. It's Clayton Toon, of course, Kyler Murray, and Colt McCoy, uh, where they're like top three. And of course, Kyler Murray, like you talked about, you know, to to preview to intro into this segment, coming off the ACL. Take your time. So it's in, in, in camp, it should be Colt McCoy and Clayton Toon. So if you could say anything to the Arizona Cardinals coaches, what would it be for them to coach up Clayton Toon? Yeah, I think this dude keep like you, you talked about keep it simple. I think in yesterday's podcast, but I would just move him on like strategically, right? Like don't throw too much at him because we talk about Clayton to a prospect, and that's why we talk about it on the NFL draft podcast, right? This is a guy that if he knew the playbook, 
And you've seen in, in Houston, he was comfortable. He, he was able to easily get through his progressions, right? He was surprisingly mobile, right? He had decent to moderate arm strength. And so you're like, okay, Keith, well, what are you describing? I'm describing that if y'all take care of y'all, you know, the other things surrounding Clayton to him, he can be okay. And like just how fans, New England fans and the NFL got excited about a Bailey Zappi last year, right? You can see some of the same things. Now, do I think he's in the same type of, well, no. I can't even say that, right? I was about to say New England, right, as far as their offensive structure. I can't even say that with New England last year with their offensive structure, even the talent. So I, I think, obviously, the Cardinals, it, it, it appears that they're transitioning, right? Like, I don't know what they're transitioning to, um, you know, just, just what, they're, what they're doing with the new head coach and GM and everything like that. But with Clayton Toon, there is something to be pulled out. I just say I wouldn't put too much on him because there is potential, potential for him there to develop and then you try to get him some game action and then now when you're talking about the cardinals moving forward it's like what is your plan your plan is this that you're potentially setting clean tune up for if you if you have a a bad season right that's more trade beat right now you have Kyler murray and you have clean tune for potential trade if you're sitting at the number one pick or you keep Kyler murray trade clean tune trade the number one overall pick so the cardinals can really set themselves up but for training camp dp i think that you want to you, you want to Feed him moderately, right? Don't throw in there. Don't like those coaches. And I know you've seen it a lot with John Gruden, right? Where you're just cussing the cussing the quarterback out and you don't understand this. And then it's like, what does that get us, right? Besides you just simply being able to, you know, get your bravado off or your macho-ness, you cussing the quarterback out that you know that he don't know to play. Like, what, what does that get us, right? I had a, I had a coach, um, one of the great coaches, man, um, John Robinson, right? And I'll ask him. He, and so he coached with USC DP. He was like what, um, you know, like back in like the seventies and the eighties, like, like, like high, like won like multiple championships. Right. So really like coach coaching hall of fame. He was like the Pete Carroll for USC, but like in the seventies. Right. So really like revered guy in the NFL. And I asked him, I'm like, man, what do you look for in good position coaches? And he was like, DP simply like, don't coach the obvious. Right. He's like, so if the receiver dropped the ball, don't tell him catch the ball. He knows he's supposed to catch the football, right? Like, like tell him something else. Like, show him how. And that's what I want to see. Like, like we're clicking to him because there's potential there. Don't just yell at me like, nah, pull up to the side. Come on. Hey, we got to get this right. Like, get this right. Come on. Matter of fact, I'm not going to give you this long play call. I'll give you the shortened version of it, and I want you to take and roll. And if you only know 10 plays, that's the 10 plays we're going with. So that that's kind of the approach that I was thinking about. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I would say, you know, almost a combination of spotlight and coach him up. This by putting the spotlight on the offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, who spent time with the Browns, um, you know, last season, you know, dealing with Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson and everything. But even prior to that, he was the head coach. Uh, oh, he was not the head coach, but he was a wide receiver coach. Uh, he spent six seasons with the Minnesota Vikings. So you're talking about, you know, d- you know, being on the coaching staff and coaching up Stefan Diggs, who at the time set a career, you know, high in, in receiving yards and finished fourth in the league in, in, in uh, that season in, uh, in yards per catch. Uh, almost 18, working with Kirk Cousins, you know what I mean, and different things like that. So I think he's his voice and, and, and his knowledge of dealing with different attitudes and different levels of expertise and all that type of stuff, I think that's going to be big for Clayton Toon, right? Help him get up to speed, Drew. Help him get there. And and, and while I think my, my the, one of the big things is kind of have a have a plan like know what you want to do though do you do you want Colt McCoy to be the starting quarterback if Kyler can't go I'm gonna be honest with you I would honestly want Clayton Toon to be the starter like because we know what Colt McCoy is I, I view like this Colt McCoy is essentially like another coach for you 
I would allow Colt McCoy because I remember when, when Colt got there to Arizona, Kyler, Kyler like spoke so high of him because he basically he, he he's one of his favorite quarterbacks, but he's a, he's a guy who's a mentor to him. He started mentoring Kyler, and helping Kyler out on the field, right? Seeing things different, viewing things different, all that type of stuff. And what we always talk about, helping young players learn how to be a pro. So I would more so open it. I would actually open up to be like a little bit of a quarterback competition. Allow Clayton Toon to, to have the confidence to say, okay, so they're not just pigeonholing me as the second or third QB on the roster. They're going to allow me to come in and then compete. And if they let me come in and compete, I mean, if there's you telling me there's a chance that I can be the starter, let me go out here and do my thing. And I think if Drew can get him up to speed, like you said, it, it creates a good situation for them. Because if he if, if Clayton Toon, let's say he gets eight games, right? Clayton Toon gets eight games. And because I, I don't believe Kyler Murray is not playing this year. Kyler Murray is going to play. I truly believe that. Is it going to be the start of the season? No. I don't I don't think that they're going to allow him to start the season. You know what I mean? Just based off of what you talked about from the torn ACL. Let's not rush this, right? We've seen it with RG3. We've seen it with other, other players. And you don't know exactly who you are physically right away. You need, you need some time. So I don't think he – if we see Kyler, which I do believe we will, I think that's going to be week 8 through 10 is when we more than likely see Kyler, right? Especially if they have like a late buy, that's when we will probably see Kyler. But until then, say you start Clayton Toon. Let's say Clayton Toon ball like plays. Not even say ball out. Let me not say that. Let's say he plays. <laughs> let's say he plays admirable, good football, right? So let's say he looks like uh Taylor. He- uh, was it Taylor? Tyler? Heineke? Whatever like, first name. Heineke. Yeah. Like Taylor Heineke. Like let's say he looks like that, or you get a little bit of Brock Purdy from him, or you know stuff like that, where he looks like he he shows that I'm a starting court NFL quarterback, man. And if that happens. And then Kyler comes in, and maybe Kyler wins you a couple games, and you don't have the first overall pick. Well, guess what? Caleb Williams is not in our purview anymore, right? If we got pick two, we trade that out or whatever. But then you can also trade, like you said, trade Clayton Toon to a team that needs a young quarterback, right, to at least come in. And like I said, if you, is Bailey Zappi, can he be a Mac Jones? I think he I think he could. I think his arm talent may be a little bit stronger than Max. I think he and if I remember correctly, he's an actual athlete, you know, in compared to Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. So there's a there's so many different uh comparisons and, and, and examples of guys not being the most toolsy or the most gifted, but still be able to make enough plays at the NFL level to be considered a starting quarterback. So that would be my that would be my 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 advice to the coaching staff, man. You know, coach him up, get him prepared, but allow him to compete for this job and let Colt McCoy be his tutor. Let Colt McCoy, let him be the understudy where Colt McCoy is in his ear on the sideline. Hey, this is what you're looking at the Microsoft surface. Tell him this is where you went wrong. All right. If they show this again, do this. And then now you can expose them pre-snap to get advantageous opportunities. Yeah, DP, I'm going to finish this off, make this last point real quick. And also with the coaching staff, be aware. Be aware of your roster, right? We're talking about at running back James Conner, Keontae Ingram, and Corey Clement, right? Wide receiver, we're talking about Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, and Greg Dortch with Zach Pascal and Michael Wilson on deck, right? At tight end, Zach Ertz is out. We're talking to Trey McBride with an offensive line that's not that good. So when I tell you to be conservative, that's what I'm telling you to do. Don't go five wide and thinking that you're about to beat everybody. So that's what I'm Drew, trying to run say. the ball, Drew. Run yeah, it yeah, like run, Cleveland. Run the, run the rock and try to get out of there with three, three yards in a cloud of dust and protect Clayton too, man. They hope that he developed the right way. But DP, 
that wraps it up for this show, man. I think it was a pretty good show, right? We was able to talk about, honestly, this was, we could call this the young guys, right? This was the young guys. We talked about CJ Stroud with Davis Mills is still fairly young, Sam Howell, right? Going into year two and then Clay Toon is a rookie. So on this Friday, we really wanted to highlight these young guys so that way we can see. But we also know that somebody's going to be a starter, right? That's potentially three starters right there um, that we have to talk about. So that wraps it up for this, this week's of, uh, you know, quarterback battles. I'm going to go ahead and drop the preview. Monday, we're talking about Dak Prescott. We're talking about those Dallas Cowboys and what is that situation training camp look like? I can guarantee you there's going to be a spotlight on him, right? Because the Dallas Cowboys, you either love them or you hate them. So we're definitely getting into that conversation coming on Monday. So make sure y'all tap in Monday. For sure, man. We're we going to have a – it was a fun show. We're going to have even more fun. Like I said, we're getting into those uh, Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, as Keith alluded to. Guys, go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. If you're on YouTube, hit the, uh, hit the subscribe button, right? Hit the bell notification so you are notified whenever we drop these episodes. On the audio side, go download and hit it for automatic download so you don't even have to go search for it. It just comes right to your phone every time Apple Podcasts or Spotify puts our podcast on the on the airwaves go do that also leave a five-star review and let us know what you think man and, and show us some love there um in terms of twitter you can find and follow q sanchez at the telling code me damian parson dp underscore nfl come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the locked on podcast network your team every day